Our text today is Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 10. Matthew 18, starting with verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven. So it, it, so it is not the will of my Father in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Lost sheep. Now, it's important for you to understand, sheep like to flock. Now, in San Antonio, Texas, there is once a year one of the greatest rodeos in all of the world, the San Antonio Stock and Rodeo Show. And in this rodeo, it is a fast pace with all of the events. It's absolutely incredible to see, but there is one event that stands alone as the, as the most sensational, the most extravagant and crazy, the most exciting and electric mutton-busting. Now, I, I need to know, has anybody ever witnessed the great event of mutton busting? Uh, like, you all are missing out. There are like three of you who have seen this. This is the greatest event. So here's what happens. We take a, a 7 to 12-year-old boy or a girl, load them up with so many pads, they look like they could be a goalie in the NHL. Then there's this small pen with a sheep, and they lower the child onto the sheep. He wraps his legs and arms around and grabs a hold of the wool and hangs on for dear life. On the far end of the arena, I want you to imagine about 10 other sheep. And this sheep inside the, inside the pen cannot wait to rejoin the flock. It is innate. It's in their DNA. Are you ready, kid? They lift the gate. Out goes the sheep. Now, the sheep have no gear. They have one speed. It's go, and then they stop. There's, not, there's no brakes. Sheep running into the sheep. Child flailing. Sheep like to flock. So when a sheep is lost, it's a big deal. Something happens to make a sheep lost. Now, some of you, it may be difficult today to kind of picture yourself as a sheep. Maybe you're more of a leader, more of a sheep dog, right? You're the one who watches over the sheep and cares for the sheep. You're not a, a sheep yourself, right? After all, sheep are, are dumb and, and ugly, stinky, helpless beasts. And we're, we're intelligent, relatively attractive, relatively fresh. We're upstanding men and women of God, Right? To be greatest, to be great, is what we long for. To be acknowledged as the best, successful, healthy. And that's a result of our sinful fallen nature. See, Jesus in this parable is reminding us that it's impossible to become great without first becoming the least. That if you want to be first, you need to be last. The only way for us to be great in the kingdom is for him to seek out and find us. You see, we would be winners, but we're just doomed winners when you compare yourself to the redeemed loser. And who would you rather be? Me personally, I'm a sheep. I want you to ask yourself if you've ever been poor in spirit, you might be a sheep. 
Matthew talks about in, in chapter 5, the, the Sermon on the Mount, one of the, the greatest sermon ever given. And he starts that sermon with the Beatitudes, the blessed bees. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you've ever mourned, been meek, been hungry and thirsty for righteousness, if you've ever been shown mercy, wanted to be pure in heart, made peace with others, been persecuted for your faith, you might be a sheep. It's important to know that only sheep are saved by Christ. Some think of ourselves as lone mountain rams, think of doing just fine on their own, think we're, we're pleasing God by our good actions, but remember our good works, our good actions are nothing more than filthy rags compared to the righteousness of Christ. We are sheep, not capable of doing one bit to earn or work towards our salvation. Sheep need a good shepherd or else we die. Now, I've been poor in spirit lately. This past Monday, I was wrestling um, Monday morning, Sunday night, was wrestling as one of those nights where you just can't find sleep, right? And in my heart were stirrings of all these, all, all kinds of fears and anxieties and, and what ifs. And I know I'm not the only one in this room who's ever had those kind of nights, I don't know what you do, but on nights when I get, get so stirred up with, with those fears and what-if questions, I just pray. And I wrestle with God, and I seek his will, and I pray. And this was one of those nights where the prayer just lasted for hours. And finally, this overwhelming peace just washed over. With the acknowledgement and awareness that whatever it is that God would have my family and I walk through, there's not a single outcome that he won't be there. Equipping us with absolutely everything we need in that moment. That's a daily bread piece, right? Because he doesn't give me everything I need to survive the rest of my life today because I'm going to blow it. But every day, he gives me the portion that I require to do everything that he's laid out for me to accomplish. And that peace flooded over me. To understand that, that our stories don't get to be written by the fears that scare us, but by the Savior who spares us peace. See, there's hope for sheep who are poor in spirit, who are mourning, who are hungry, who are thirsting for less sin. We are blessed. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, for ours is the kingdom of heaven, that world put right, the comfort of the shepherd, the inheritance of God, full satisfaction, infinite mercy, being called sons and daughters of God to see his face and to receive all the great rewards that wait in heaven. I'm okay being a sheep. Let's talk about why sheep get lost. There's three main reasons why sheep get lost. First reason why sheep get lost is they're searching for greener pastures. Something better. Something more. And sometimes that's a, that's a slow, subtle shift, and sometimes it's a great big sudden shift. But usually it's that slow, subtle shift where you just take one bite of grass, and then the next bite of grass, and the next bite, and all of a sudden you look around and you have no idea how you got to where you are. This happens anytime we look for anything other than God for fulfillment. When we look to our own circumstances to feel good about ourselves or we look to our successes to feel like we have value or we look to the relationships that we have around us to fill us up and make us have meaning or any type of self-medication, drugs, sex, alcohol, 
looking for something to fill that hole inside other than God. God bless you. Sometimes we see greener pastures. The other reason why sheep get stuck and lost is, is that they become cast. Right? And, and a cast sheep is typically a, a, a ewe that's, that's pregnant or it's, a, it's a, any kind of sheep that's just been too long without a haircut. And its wool is just, is just out of control. If they fall and they roll on their back, they become cast. It's like a turtle. They can't right themselves and they're stuck. I think we can find ourselves cast whenever we're comfortable or complacent in our faith. Whenever we get stuck in a spiritual rut. Whenever we just simply go through the motions. We become cast. Sometimes we become cast when, when life trauma happens, when addiction overwhelms you, when, when circumstances around you just instantaneously disrupt your life. And sometimes there's another way you can become cast. And for, for those of you who are present in the room, you can put on earmuffs. This part isn't for you. Um, for those of you streaming online, listen clearly. And I'm not talking to people who are home today because you're out of state or out of town or, or for medical reasons, it's wise for you to stay home. I'm talking to those of you who haven't been back yet. We miss you. Sometimes you can get cast with, with COVID and you just get comfortable staying at home and in and, and comfy clothes and worshiping online. And you miss the incredible gift of being together with other believers. And you've been off enjoying vacations and you've been off doing great things with friends and getting together and having a, a wonderful time, but you haven't come back home. The Good Shepherd today is inviting you home to come next week in fuel. We'll celebrate the Lord's Supper to taste that gift that you've been missing, to be surrounded by all of us who love you here and who miss you here. Please come home. Okay, now the rest of you can start listening again. And for those of you that were saying, yeah, give it to them, let them know, because I'm here and I'm better and I'm self-righteous, oh, shoot. Yeah, self-righteousness stinks too. We're all a bunch of stinky, smelly sheep in need of a savior. We're all lost equally in need of that good shepherd to rescue and save us. And the third major reason why sheep are lost is they get led astray, right? Somebody either comes along and, and, and leads them elsewhere or steals them away. So we can be led astray sometimes by bad teaching and influences in the world. By just taking what I say for granted and, and not measure it up against the pages of Scripture. You should always measure what you hear with the pages of Scripture. Sometimes we can be led away when we, we interpret God's word according to what we feel and believe is right. Instead of God's word leading and directing our lives into what is good and right. So we're all lost sheep, and praise God, we have a seeking Savior. He seeks the lowly, the hurting, people like us. Now, to leave the 99 seems a bit reckless. Abandon the 99 to go find one. If that is your philosophy on how to shepherd, if this was a parable about how to shepherd, you would be a bad shepherd. Because if you leave the 99 in search of the one, eventually you will have no sheep. So let's not get sidetracked there. That is not the point of the one in the 99. 
The point is that every single one is critically important to the good shepherd. That he is willing to go to any length, even death on the cross, to rescue and redeem his own. John 10, 11 says, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. To go to any length, that is the unimaginable grace of God, to go to any length to find you, save you, and bring you back. We are the lost who have been found. Now as you read this parable, it says, Jesus says, if the shepherd finds it. And that should bother you. Why if? Like, when he finds it. Because he's, he's Jesus. Because he's perfect. Because he can do all things. He knows exactly where every single lost sheep is. He can go right to them, rescue them, redeem them, bring them back. Jesus, why did you say if he finds it? Well, that if has everything to do with the lost sheep. And the lost sheep's willingness to repent and receive the grace of Jesus Christ. Because if that lost sheep says, no, I'm fine, I'm good where I am, go ahead, good shepherd, leave me here. What I've done is too bad for you to forgive, I'm too far gone, I have no worth, your grace is not for me. That's the if. And we pray that God, when you find us in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our lostness, that you would break our hearts open and give us a hunger and a desire for repentance to receive your grace. Not that we, we, we come to you in repentance over fear of who you are, of what you might do, but because you tell us it is your joy to forgive. That it causes you joy, not just a little bit of joy, but, but you and all of the animals and creatures in heaven rejoice overwhelmingly whenever one of us says, Father, I'm sorry. And confession is not so much a, an admission of a mistake as it is an acknowledgement of our total and complete lostness, a total complete brokenness because of our sin, our total and complete need and desperate need for our Savior. And absolution then becomes Jesus speaking into our tomb and saying, Lazarus, come out. Inviting us to share in his resurrection. It is God's will to forgive the repentant sinner. And it is his joy to do so. Now our good shepherd, he takes us home. When he finds us, he picks us up, carries us. We can't even walk home by ourselves. He carries us and he whispers to us. And he's whispering not, I told you so. I'm like, why did you do this again? I'm so disappointed in you. He doesn't say any of that. He says, I'm so glad I found you. I love you. You have so much value to me. You are my treasure. I'm so grateful for you. Let's go home unimaginable grace of Jesus Christ pursues and finds the lost, the least, all of us. So let's apply this. So once Jesus finds us and brings us back and he redeems us and restores us and he calls us and he sends us back out to do it, to join him on this incredible seek and rescue mission. And who are we to seek and rescue? I'm going to say the first group of people that Jesus sends us out to are those that we've cut off. You know, you know who those are. Those relationships in your life that you have just washed your hands, dusted your feet, and just said sayonara. These disposable relationships. And sometimes it's because that person has harmed you and hurt you so deeply 
that it's easier just to wash your hands than it is to have a healing conversation. Sometimes those are the loss that Jesus would have us go back to, to have those difficult conversations of, of, of forgiveness, of repentance, of renewal. Sometimes those loss that we're sent to are those that we avoid. You know, Jesus attracted tax collectors and sinners. They, they flocked to him. Do we do the same? Or, or do we avoid sinful people? Or do we repel sinful people? Right? Do we see our own, our own selves as, as so self-righteous that we don't want to be dirtied by spending time with someone who's, well, someone who would spend time with Jesus? And then those that we don't see. Sometimes we don't see the hurt that's going on inside of others. And church sometimes turns into this place where you put on nice clothes and you, 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 you present yourself well. And it's like the it, church can turn into fake book, Facebook. Where you put the best foot forward and show yourself doing, how are you doing? I'm great today. But on the inside, you're, you're hurting and you're dying and you're broken. See, I believe church should be the place where you should feel safe to be the realest you there is. Good, bad, or indifferent. But to be real. To share how you're doing. Because when you share how you're doing and, and those times that you're struggling that are difficult for you, when you're in pain and in need, and you express that to somebody else, you have just gifted them the opportunity to show compassion. make this a safe place to just be you that you can be loved and accepted as is today that you can be loved for who you are as a child of God you see these are the sheep that the good shepherd longs to seek that we are called to be his sheep in our lostness and we're found by him we're equipped by his unimaginable grace we're sent to go find others who are lost, just one more, and we're restored along the way. We are lost, but found to find the lost. For today's sermon, I want to close it by praying together the 23rd Psalm. Would just pray with me, please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.